The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Now, the Ave Maria Hour begins our story of St. Valentine. In about the middle of the third century in Rome, the Christians were a minor sect, despised and hated. They had to meet in secret in order to worship the one true God and offer the holy sacrifice. One of their meeting places was a catacomb. It was connected to the outside by a passage opening on a cave in a wooded hillside. On a certain morning in spring, just after Mass, now remember to leave by ones, everyone, or at the most by twos, groups of people would be sure to excite comments. Yes, we will. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Valentine. May I walk home with you? You think it's safe? Why not? It's spring. All over Rome, young men and girls will be walking about together on such a nice morning. You, you leave first, and I'll follow you. We'll meet at the foot of the hill near the almond bushes. Oh, I'm afraid in these long, dark passages with the tombs of the dead all around me. You could get lost here and never find the way out. You go first and I'll follow you. All right. Come along now. Can can you see? Not very well. Here, take my hand. There. I know all these passages. My mother and father and my two brothers are buried here. I've been coming here to visit their graves ever since I was a child. It isn't far now. See that that glimmer of light ahead? That's the entrance to the cave. Why must Christians worship in a catacomb when all over Rome people can go in and out of the temples of dozens of gods? Someday persecutions will end and Christians will be able to worship as freely as anybody else. Everybody's been telling me that as long as I can remember, but time hasn't come yet. I don't see any signs of it coming. It will come. I'm so tired of being different from all my friends. Going around in danger of my life. 
What's the matter with us Christians that nobody likes us? It's hard for us young people, I know, but remember we have the truth. Now, now, hush, we're, we're almost in the cave. Stand back there against the wall while I see if there's anyone passing. It's all right. Come along. Can you, can you squeeze through this crevice in the rock? Here, let, let me help you. Yeah, I think I can make yeah. it. Now, now, wait. Wait while I, I look and see if there's anyone outside. It seems safe enough. I, I think we might come out together. If, if anyone sees us, we've only been looking for a place to have a picnic. Oh, look, the sun's up. And, and look over the hill there. The almond bushes are in bud. Wait, wait. I, yes, I think I see someone there among the trees. Yes, it's one of the city guards. They see us. Oh, we do. Courage now. Remember, we're, we're, we're only a young couple starting out for a day in the woods. Can you laugh? I can try. Well, then do. Do. We'll, we'll walk slowly toward him and, and let's laugh and talk. What about? Anything. The weather, the, what we'll buy for lunch. Yeah, yes, the, the almond blossoms will be out in a day or two. See how pink they look. Oh, and this little bush right beside us is, is going to blossom Here. first. Here, you two. No picking the flowers there now. Well, we wouldn't think of picking them, officer. We were just looking at them. It seems to me they're early this spring, officer. Wouldn't huh? you say so? Huh? Well, yes, they are a bit early, come to think of it. You know, I've been on this job going on ten years, and I, I don't remember I ever noticed spring come so early before. Have you really been walking through these woods day after day for ten years? Why, then you must know the very best place for a picnic. I sure do, young lady. If it was me starting for a day in the woods with my best young man, I'd, I'd choose a spot just the other side of that little hill over there. There's a nice little clearing where the... Where the dryads themselves might come to dance of a moonlight night. You mean that hill over there? No, no, no. This one over here, where I'm pointing. See? It's only a few steps. You wouldn't have time to come with us and show us where you mean. Well, sure I would. I, I haven't forgotten what it's like to be young and in love. Now, come along. Oh, you're very kind. Well, they say Venus rewards kindness to young lovers. Uh, you two betrothed. We haven't known each other very long. Oh, I see you couldn't find a more romantic spot to propose in than that clearing, young man. <laughs> Miss, he looks like a fine young man. Well, what about her, officer? Do you think I could do better? Well, now, not if I'm any judge of a pretty face, you couldn't. Well, now, there's the spot for your picnic right over there. And I must go about my rounds. Farewell. 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 Thank heavens he's gone. I was never so frightened in all my life. If he only doesn't go back past the cave and find any of the others coming out. He was such a kind old man. Yet if he'd suspected we were Christians coming from Mass... Well, don't think any more about it now, dear. Here, come, come over here and sit on the grass and, and rest until he gets out of sight. Oh. Oh, you're, you're trembling. Oh, I was so frightened. Seems to me I'm always frightened. Listen to that bird. Oh, he knows spring is here. What are you thinking of, Valentine? I was... I was thinking of what the guard said. About this being a perfect place for a proposal. Would you... Could you possibly care enough for me to marry me? <laughs> so you only thought of asking me because the guard put the idea into your head. Shame on you. Oh, you know that isn't true. Ever since I met you, I've been thinking of it. 
Why, I gave up my preparation for the priesthood and changed the whole course of my life for love of you. Oh, my dear, I've... I've often been told that true love of man for woman is a blessed thing. Now I know the words true. Do you, Valentine? Oh, my dear, I love you. And I love you. Will you marry me? That depends. On, on what? You, you were a Christian, so am I. Neither of us has other obligations. Surely God meant us for each other. Suppose I did marry you, Valentine. What could I look forward to? Why, I can support a wife. Oh, not elegantly, of course, but in comfort I have a house. Oh, you don't mean that little bit of a house near the Coliseum. My mother and father lived there all their married lives. It's the only home I've ever known. But, Valentine, it's such a funny little house. and Nobody lives down there anymore except slaves and servants. Did I tell you about that villa for rent on the Appian Way? Yes, of course you've mentioned it several times. But I could never afford to rent a house in a fashionable suburb like that. Well, you could if you took that position in the magistrate's court that my cousin offered you. Oh, but surely you know I couldn't accept a position in the court. Why, I'd have to offer sacrifice to the gods. I'd have to take part in the trials of the Christian martyrs. On the other hand, you'd have a decent salary, an honored place in society, and your wife would be accepted everywhere, even at the emperor's court. Oh, you... Can't be serious. But I am. But you're a Christian. All my life I've been poor and afraid. Well, I'm tired of being different from the girls I grew up with. When I marry, I want a nice home. And... But you wouldn't buy a nice home at the cost of your faith. What is faith? More than 200 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth died on a cross. You say he died for me. You say he was God. Perhaps he did and perhaps he was. How do I know? There are records. Records in Greek and Hebrew which I can't read. After all, I'm only a girl. Girls much younger than you have given up their life on earth rather than give up their faith in the one true God. But I'm living here and now. I want happiness from this life and I intend to have it. If you don't give it to me, mysterious will. Mysterious? Yes, mysterious. He's just been given a position in the court. He's been in love with me for years. He at least would try to make his wife happy. Of course, I'd rather marry you, but a girl must think of the future. Yes, that's... that's true. Then you do understand, and you will take that position in the court. No, no, never. But you said you understood. I think I do, yes, I... I do. When, when I met you, I believed you had a mind above the small things of this world... But now I know a big house means more to you than the faith in Christ. Why, I believed I loved you. I know now I loved an ideal of you that never existed outside of my own mind. Not you as you really are. You are angry with me? No. No, I'm, I'm only sad. Asterius is a fine young man, honest and sincere even though he is a pagan. I wish you happiness as his wife. Great happiness. Why, Valentine, you're crying. Only for that ideal of you I've so greatly loved. Don't threaten to kill yourself for love of me like so many lovers do. Suicide is a terrible sin against the law of God. You don't tell me you'll forever hate and despise all women. No, You no. don't curse me. God forbid. He knows both the weakness and the strength of human souls and will judge them according to that knowledge. 
What do you intend to do? Probably I shall take up my life where I left off when you came into it. Several years went by, and on another morning in early spring, a group of the faithful are gathered in the same catacomb, listening to Valentine, now Father then Valentine. God gave us courage to remain faithful to him. He has given such constancy to others. I think he will be equally generous to us. Farewell, Mary. My greetings to you, sister. I hope you'll be well soon. Here is Father Valentine. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Father, you don't know how much it means to me to be able to come here to Mass. I heard my first Mass here. And now you're a priest here. By God's grace, yes. There they are. Let's go. Christians, criminals, men. Let's seize them while we can. Wait, wait. The law must be observed here. Let me speak to them. What are you doing here, you people? You won't answer, eh? Well, I can guess. You've been worshipping a strange god. Who's your leader? I am the priest in charge of this congregation. What is your name? Valentine. So Valentine was arrested and taken before the authorities. Towards the end of his trial, he's addressed by Calpurnius, prefect of the city. Christian priest, I have offered you your choice. And I have chosen death, rather than tribute to gods which are the work of men's hands and the creation of man's imagination. Your crime against the state deserves death and shall be so rewarded. But as a leader of the Christians, you know the members of your cult throughout the city. Now, will you gain mercy for yourself by telling me their names? That I shall never tell you, my lord prefect. Well, as time goes by and you witness the torture of your followers, you may change your mind. At any rate, you'll be of value to us in future trials. And for this reason, your life shall be prolonged. Asterius, my lord. As my chief officer, you will take charge of the prisoners. I will, my lord. As they walk together along the Appian Way, Valentine in chains, searched his memory for the name Asterius. Then suddenly he remembered. His jailer walking beside him was the husband of the girl he loved so long ago. And now, as they approached his home, Asterius spoke to him. You seem an intelligent man. Thank you. Yet you're ready to die rather than yield to the law and offer sacrifice to the gods. Is that so strange to you? No, perhaps not. My, my wife was a Christian. Was? Did you say, Asterius? Yes. She died many years ago. Why do you ask? We were children together. I remember her well. What a strange coincidence. You know, she never told me of her Christian faith until she came to die. And then she begged me to send for a Christian priest. And though I was an officer of the court, sworn to uphold the law, 
I yielded to her request and secretly brought Priest to her bedside. And how did you find him? She told me where to go and for whom to ask. I promised the man no ill should befall him for coming, and I kept my promise. I could not deny her anything she wished. And so she died with your Lord's name upon her lips and left our baby girl, whom you will see when we arrive at home. Your child is a Christian then? No, but she knows that her mother was a Christian, so all her life she has believed well of those who are of her mother's faith. I see. Uh, I must warn you, she is blind. Blind? From birth. One thing I would ask of you. Yes. I've tried to keep all ugliness from her, all knowledge of pain and evil and suffering. I would not have her know that you're under a sacrifice, sentence of death. I would not have her know that hundreds of Christians are dying daily for their faith. It may be that I'm foolish. Knowledge of the world must come to her in time, but I would keep it from her as long as I can. The gods have afflicted her with lack of sight. That is enough. Here is our house. And yes, there she is, waiting in the garden. Is that you, Father? Yes, my dear. Isn't there someone with you? Yes, a guest. His name is Valentine. I bid you welcome, Valentine. Thank you, little hostess. Come, sit here with me while Father brings water to wash your hands. Go and sit with her, Valentine. I trust you not to attempt escape. I am here beside you, my child. Has Father gone into the house? Yes, my dear. There are so many things I mustn't say when he's here because they make him sad. Tell me, when you came through the gate, I heard a sound as if iron struck against iron. Why, how could that be? When you seated yourself beside me, I heard it again. I know. You are wearing chains. Chains? We had a slave once who came to us in chains. Father removed them, and I brought ointment to heal the sores they had made on the poor slave's arms and legs. Are you a slave? Oh, no, no, child. No. Then what are you? A, a guest in your home. One who, who wishes you well. Do you know what I thought you were when you came through the gate? No, what? Father doesn't know, but the servants have told me that they are arresting Christians. I thought, I hoped you might be one of them. Why did you hope that, my dear? My mother was a Christian. If I could talk to one of them, he might tell me... Tell you what, child? He might tell me who is the God I've loved all my life. He isn't one of our Roman gods. He isn't like them at all. He's kind. He's gentle. He loves me. Sometimes he seems so near I can almost see him. Only, of course, I can't see. They tell me my mother died with the name of the Christian's God on her lips. Could it be he? Yes, my dear. Do you know anything about him? Oh, yes. Then tell me, what is he like? I can tell you what he did when he lived on Earth more than 200 years ago. There was a man born blind, as you were. And the man called upon him, and lo, his eyes were opened, and he saw. There was a woman whom all the neighbors despised because they thought she was very bad. But when she saw the Christian God and talked with him, she was sorry for all she had done that was wrong, and he forgave her and made her one of his most trusted followers. 
and there was a poor woman whose son had died. And because the God of the Christians pitied her grief, he raised that young man from the dead. Yet not even these things tell you what he's like. He is beauty and goodness and kindness and mercy. Once I knew someone who preferred wealth and a prominent place in society to her faith in him. Yet for years he waited, loving that soul, and when she came to die, he made it possible that she should come to him. He must be very lovely, that God. Oh, yes, he is, he is. I. Why, oh, he is so great and so good that when one tries to speak of him as I have tried to speak of him now to you, there are no words to describe him. He could give sight to my eyes? He could if he wished to. Oh, yes. Yes, he can do all things. And would he wish to? I don't know. Would you... Would you speak to him? Can I say to you, my lord, if it be your will to grant these people faith in you, I pray you do so. But faith in you will mean martyrdom for this gentle girl and her father, whose kindness and generosity is beyond anything I have ever known. I cannot bear the thought that this girl, so like her mother, should die as I myself must die under the torture. It is hard for me to pray for their conversion. Look upon my troubled heart, O Lord, and read what is written there. Do you, in your infinite wisdom and mercy, make the choice for me. May I speak now? Yes. Oh, everything is so beautiful. That sore on your wrist where the chain has broken the flesh, I must bring ointment for it. The sore on my... But how do you know there is a sore on my wrist? Since the moment when you began to speak to your God, I've been able to see. I've sat here knowing for the first time how beautiful the garden is and how my father looks as he comes from the house with that bowl of water for your washing. I knew your God would heal me because I love him. Now, what can I do for him? Oh, my dear, dear child. Belief in him now means the risk of torture and death. But he is so lovely, that God of the Christians. My own dear God. According to the brief record of his life, St. Valentine's prayer restored sight to the blind girl. And when Valentine met his death by beheading, somewhere along the Flaminian Way, two new converts, Asterius and his daughter, were awaiting their own hour of martyrdom. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. 
We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.